0: hey guys welcome to I didn't sign up for this episode 8 not quite to double digits yet but we're getting there okay up top housekeeping let's see as a reminder you can find us on facebook.com slash podcast that's the page for the podcast and there's from there is a button take you to the group if you would like to start or join in a conversation there Um, please do i'd love to have you on all the things instagram twitter basically anywhere yeah i think that's pretty much it facebook instagram twitter idsuft podcast that's how you can find me in your favorite podcast app search for i didn't sign up for this Look for the pretty teal logo with the clipboard and the big no. And that's us. Subscribe. Ch- check us out over on iTunes. Um, subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Leave a review. We'd love for that to happen. Please do that. And as always, you can always reach me with any questions, stories. If you have Um, and I didn't sign up for this story that we could feature on the podcast send it to Christy at idsuftpodcast.com and I'd love to hear from you I think that's all the housekeeping stuff I can't think of anything else so we'll just get into it this week this week is rough um, I don't I don't know how many out there are going to be able to relate to what I'm going to talk about but I really feel like I need to do it anyway um, this week is about me not me so much as a special needs mom but perhaps by extension as Henry's existence affects what I'm going through there's, um, there's so much about me you don't know, and probably don't care to know. And since the basis of this podcast isn't Christy and her many neuroses, I'm going to attempt not to get into too much. Um, You know, I'm not I'm not really looking for sympathy or even really complaining per se. It's just that I need to talk about me for a little bit, as we often do. I am terribly imperfect. (laughs) There are Uh, Just a laundry list of things that I struggle with and that I have struggled with even long before I became A parent of any kind. I have extremely low self-esteem. I have clinical depression and anxiety There was abuse in my childhood Um, There's been attempted suicides a near-fatal drug overdose That particular thing led to 30 years of um, self-imposed sobriety I've I've since learned like in the past two years or so that I'm not a physical addict like many are to alcohol and drugs, but I'm emotionally addicted. And um, if I can have, you know, I can go out and have one or two drinks and not behave like an alcoholic where I'm getting drunk all the time, drinking at home. It doesn't affect my life. It doesn't affect my employment, things like that. Um, It's really not an issue. Um, I just need to make sure I'm not drinking alcoholic drinks to quench my thirst, which is a lot of what I did before. You know, I can... Anyway, I'm not going to expound on any of those things, really, because it's not relevant. Um, Nobody really needs or probably wants to hear my whole origin story. It wouldn't make a very good Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. But know that, like everybody else, all the things I mentioned played a part in forming who I am today and how I function in the world, how I interact with my loved ones, how I parent, how I work, how uh, I have relationships with friends and acquaintances. Every one of those things is affected by how those struggles impacted me and how I modified myself in order to cope with them. Thankfully, I've had the luxury of years of therapy to work out a lot of that stuff, to find causes for um, why I am the way I am, how it affected me, learning how to change the tapes in my head to be more positive, learning how to stand up for myself and be more confident. None of it, I haven't fully learned any of it, I don't think, but especially in the last five years or so, I see a, a large improvement in many areas. Now, as to how the problems affect my family. Depression and anxiety are a wicked coupling that can make it difficult to be a, de- a decent parent. On my best day, my motivation level is about at a five or a six. I always joke that there's nothing more delicious than canceled plans because um, for me, even though I might want to do the thing, the physical act of preparing and then going to do it can be overwhelming. I'd much rather hide in my home where I don't have to look good or even present myself as a functioning human being. But that's not how the world works, and in order to live my life, I have to do the things. In my real life, I'm not only a mom. I have the distinct honor and pleasure to be a theatrical photographer. I began eight years ago with one of the local high schools when my daughter was a freshman. I offered to shoot their musical, and they liked my work, so they asked me to continue. Along the way, my skills improved and I was, I've been hired on by two community theater groups, the other local high school and the community college. I shoot about 16 shows a year for all of them and I adore it. I was an actor. Well, I guess I still am since I did a show last year. Um, My whole younger life, like, you know, high school, I I was, I started in fifth grade in a play and then I was in a play in sixth grade and then again until my high school year. But I did it all through high school I went to college for musical theater. I've done numerous shows with the community theater groups that I now shoot for. Um, So I think my knowledge about and my love of the theater comes across in the photographs. But the way my mental illnesses come through as I work make it really challenging. I've always been a person who has to feel that um, she has to be the best at something in order to do it at all. I can't just be good at it. If I'm not the best singer in the room or the best photographer working in my area or the best this, that or the other thing, I find myself doubting that I'm any good at all, which is not a way to go through life. I'm never going to be the best at anything ever. Nobody ever is. No matter what you do, there's always going to be somebody better, or at the very least, somebody who other people think is better. So if you're a person whose reason for living is to be the best or go home, you've already been defeated. Add in some depression, and it's like you're drowning. Not drowning like you're just trying to stay alive, but You're drowning while you're trying to beat Michael Phelps's world record. And then add anxiety on top of that. I mean, just shut up forever. It's the worst. And that can create panic attacks, which I have had the pleasure of experiencing many times. Thankfully, usually they're at home. I don't often have a panic attack about my work or things outside the home. I think usually because I'm less overwhelmed outside While the the self-esteem, depression, anxiety cocktail affects how I work, it isn't until overwhelmed is added to the mix that I actually have a panic attack. What happens instead is that in order to defeat that cocktail, I work myself up into a fair facsimile of an outgoing person. Acting! Thank you! I, I increase my energy level and my socialness to seem... Is that a word? Socialness? I can't, I can't think of a different version. So I'm going with socialness to seem confident and capable. I try very hard <laughs> to never look like I don't know what I'm doing or that I'm flying by the seat of my pants. I try even harder to work super quickly and very painlessly for people I'm shooting. Um, I set up my equipment by myself and I, I try to make it seem super easy. <laughs> I try to plan things out ahead of time so I don't have to stop and think and look like I don't know something. I do whatever is asked of me uh, truly willingly. Uh, You know, it's not like grudgingly I do it. No, I am willingly, I wanna do whatever is asked of me and I wanna do it professionally and I wanna do it quickly and I wanna do it without problems. If something's wrong with my equipment or God forbid, I forgot something, I try to do my best to hide that and quickly come up with a workaround so I never have to say I can't do that. And all the while I'm muttering to myself that I'm a dummy or worse. You don't want to hear the things I call myself. You know, I can do it, though. For the couple of hours I have to be around fellow human beings, I can do it. But then I get home and I'm exhausted beyond any human comprehension my soul is tired. The energy it takes to lift myself to those levels, it it takes everything out of me. And so my poor family watches me come home, literally dragging my feet, unable to interact. Thankfully, my kids are usually in bed at this time. But you know, I can't really interact with my husband and I just collapse. I, I don't know why I'm like this. I don't know why it is so difficult for me to behave and interact like a human person but i can and i do because i love what i do i love every aspect of it except maybe the carrying equipment part i love the people i've met i love the shows i've seen i love getting sucked into the story and trying to capture all the magical moments that the actors create I love taking their headshots and seeing how beautiful they are, all the while they're complaining that they're not beautiful or that they feel ugly or whatever. But I get that amazing shot that shows their soul shining out of their eyes. And then I process the photos, eliminating all the stupid stuff that gets in the way of people seeing their beauty. Um, fixing the lighting problems, enhancing the color a bit, sharpening their eyes, all of it. I-, I love to see the reaction when someone sees their final photo, and they can't believe it. Uh, or, or if they, oh, the best is if they realize that they are beautiful. And the, usually the best they can say is, oh, I, I look good. Or you know, at least if they like the photo I took, that's that's what my soul feeds off of. I love being backstage and being like a fly on the wall trying to capture the relationships that have developed over the rehearsal period. I love getting home, downloading the photos onto my computer and seeing where I was super successful in capturing not only the director's vision, but also actual moments between the actors, the incredible lighting designs, the phenomenal sets and the color and the texture of the costumers' work—I I, I just love it all. I love it all. And when somebody chooses one of my one of my photos as their profile picture or a cover photo or shares it in any way with a feeling of pride, oh, my heart just goes. Whoosh. I wouldn't voluntarily give this up for anything. Um, maybe my family, but I would be—I would be heartbroken. So. You see, I have this wonderful life built on the foundation of me being able to function. (laughs) I think we all kind of do that. Yeah, you you build the foundation of your life on the basis is I can function because when we can't, nothing works. I can't shoot properly. I can't be social. I can't give others what they need. I can't tolerate my children. I can't keep the house livable. And, you know, livable is truly a basic low level measurement. I can't cook dinner, I can't, do, I can't do anything well at all. And it's not my photography clients who suffer, it's my family. For me, my ability to function rests or collapses on two things. Most importantly is my sleep. I've always held my sleep in rapturous regard. But when children came along, I was extra protective. When my daughter arrived, I actually prayed That, you know, God, I will take a child who spits up. I will take a child who is ugly. I will take horrible diapers. I will take anything as long as I can have sleep. And I repeated that prayer three more times. And I got it. I've always had just enough. The second pillar is my being able to be aware of my mental state and act accordingly to protect it. And I've never been very good with this one. I'm a people pleaser <laughs> and making sure everybody has what they need has always been more important than me having what I need, which means I give and I give and I give until I'm totally overwhelmed and then I have a panic attack, which gets all the pent up anxiety and crap out of my system and then I start again. It It's not healthy because usually who sees this panic attack is my family. It's not my friends or my acquaintances or my clients it's my family and it's when I'm trying to get ready for something and I have to make dinner and I'm running out of time and I'm tired and Henry is screaming about something and then one more person asks me for something and I lose my shit yeah dude mommy loves you Uh, I feel like Joan Crawford I mean seriously so since that one pillar is always teetering The stability of my functionality rests almost solely on my ability to get sleep, which has fallen apart. And y'all, I'm panicking. (laughs) Okay, let me walk you through it. I put the youngest to bed at 730. So he's good. Henry goes down about 830 or so, which, and that gives me about two or three hours to do whatever I might need to do that requires me not being interrupted or badgered or if I just can do it better when I'm relaxed and calm. So I'm usually in bed between 11.30 and 12. I will wake up on my own once to use the bathroom, usually at 2 a.m. or so. If my husband has come to bed later than me, he might still be up at this time, or he may have woken me up whenever he came to bed. But I can guarantee that that first wake up is no more than two hours after I fell asleep. Henry will wake me up for the first time Anywhere between 3 and 5 a.m. So if I'm lucky, I've had three hours of uninterrupted sleep, but that's rare. Usually it's two. When he wakes up, he wants to eat. So we go downstairs, we have three yogurts, and then I turn on his music and I encourage him to go back to sleep. I go back to sleep. If he was previously up at three, he's gotten me up a second time between 4 and 5 a.m. before another round of yogurt. So that's another one to two hours. If it's a school day, we're up at 6.30. So that's another one to two and a half hours. We get up and off to school. I'm back home by 8.30. I have now had a total of four to seven and a half hours of sleep, but it's all in one to two hour increments. As soon as I'm back home, I go back to sleep. If I was lucky and I could get sleep straight through, I would get another four hours of uninterrupted sleep. But I'm never lucky. I always have to use the bathroom once. And now I'm waking up because I think I hear Henry and he's not in the house. So another four hours in two hour increments. You guys, my brain is freaking out about this. I'm not getting the sleep I need. In the past two, maybe three, I think, months, I can remember one time that my brain finished a dream on its own instead of having something rip me while I can feel my fingernails in the floor dragging me out of it. And I don't know how to fix this. My cognitive function has dropped, I can feel it. I wake up and my eyes are burning. I drive the kids to school and seriously, if it wasn't for Henry's constant yelling about some shit, I would fall asleep. I almost have a couple times. You just get that feeling, of, you know, just, just close your eyes for a couple seconds. Just, just a second, it'll be fine. Just close your eyes just for a second. My motor skills have decreased. I don't know where I am in space. And I keep running into things. And I keep knocking stuff over and off surfaces with my body. I'm having phantom scratching episodes where I wake up and I've scratched my arm or my leg bloody. I can't concentrate. I do one task and then I have to go lie down. I have zero patience with other life forms. Actually, I'm really worried that I'm not going to have the mental capacity to stop something from coming out of my mouth. And I'm going to end up really hurting someone. I'm taking offense to others and simple things really, really way too easily. Like, it's like my whole being is collapsing and I'm using duct tape to keep it together. <sighs> kind people have suggested melatonin or um, magnesium glycinate to take at bedtime, which is helping me fall asleep because I can't shut my goddamn brain off sometimes to fall asleep. Nothing is more awesome than your brain going over and over stuff you know you still have to do, but you haven't done because you're so tired you can't move. Yes, yes, brain, I know, I have to do that. If you'd shut the fuck up and let me sleep, I could do it when I wake up. (sighs) Add all to that to the fact that Henry's without a tablet for a week now, after breaking number 55, and he won't shut up about it. I'm sorry about tablet, mommy. Oh, i so sorry, tablet not working. Over and over again, like, he thinks if he apologizes enough, one will magically appear out of my butt. You know, I'm glad you're sorry, dude, you're not getting another one, at least not for a while, there's no money for it. Instead, he listens to his Spotify playlist over and over and over and over again. And he rips apart every book, creating a hoarder's episode for someone who's a, well, not really a book lover because he rips them apart, but it's a hoarder's episode that it'll horrify you. I'll take a picture of his bedroom for you all and I'll post it on the Facebook page. You will be horrified. Honestly, you know, I know that there are parents out there parents I know personally, who have had less sleep than I do for a longer period of time. And I literally do not understand how they can do what they do. You know, those, those old hang in there, baby posters with the knotted rope, and there's a cat hanging off of it or hanging on picture me as the cat. But I'm hanging on to one thread of the rope underneath the knot and Henry is underneath kicking me. I don't know. I don't know how you amazing people do it. I am in awe of you and I'm despairing for you at the same time. We're we're not meant to keep going without proper sleep. It's imperative. But we're expected to. Nobody gives you any slack because you're tired. And, you know, I think that's how many people view it. Y'all, we, we aren't tired, y'all. Tired isn't a big enough word. Our bones are dust. Our brains aren't firing. I, I just can't, I can't find a description that's desperate enough. But yet we're expected to keep going, doing excellent work, not making mistakes, not fucking anything up, being kind and compassionate, thoughtful and personable, making healthy dinners, helping with homework, giving baths, feeding those who can't feed themselves, having meaningful relationships and making important contributions to stuff. To stuff. My mind is at a third grade level right now oh my god but that's not how we were made we can't do that stuff without the sleep and i think probably if someone were to do the scientific research they would discover that more than the average parents of people with special needs get less useful sleep restorative sleep than other people. That would just be my guess. I don't know. I have no facts or figures or tables in front of me. That's just a guess. I just know that as this parent of a child with special needs, who I can't tell, no, you're not eating. Go back to bed. It's three in the morning. That doesn't work. I have to get up. I have to give him something else to eat because he won't eat more in one sitting. So he has to have more smaller sittings. He's not going to eat a Thanksgiving dinner. He's going to eat a can of pasta and a yogurt. And then in two hours, he's hungry again. But I can't just tell him to go back to sleep. His needs have to be handled. And then I have to go back to bed. It's unmanageable. It's frustrating. It's it makes me panic because nothing makes me panic more than the thought that I don't I'm not going to get sleep. But what's what's most frustrating if I could get some the way I understand it when you're dreaming that's your most restorative sleep that's when your brain is like I don't know working stuff out or You need that. Now, I don't do any of that in the time, at least I'm not aware that I do, in the time between when I go to bed and the first time Henry wakes me up. But I do do that in the time after Henry wakes me up until the time I finally get up for the day, whenever that is. So I'm in those dreams and I get ripped out of them. And I think that is almost more painful (laughs) than anything if you're having a dream and your brain is working something out and another human person comes and jumps on your bed and butt slams your head no that's a thing that's an actual thing that he does let's put our butts over mommy's head and then slam it down many times (laughs) or you know just let's stand up on the bed. And then I don't know what it's called. But you like pick up your legs and just let yourself fall. Let's do that on mommy while she's dreaming. That's a horrible way to be ripped out of a dream. And it's exhausting. But I don't I don't know what's happening right now. None of what I'm saying was prepared. I'm just talking. I'm so tired. This is what I'm struggling with. And this is what is making me have to reevaluate what I'm doing, the things that I do. Um, I'm also in a band that I love. I love singing in this band. It's great. It's affecting my ability to be able to fully participate at rehearsals because at night, I'm I'm exhausted. I am exhausted, and. To stand up and sing for three hours is almost more than my body can do. We also have some morning rehearsals where just the vocalists work. Now, I have had to say that I am not, for the near future, for the foreseeable future, I am not going to be able to attend those morning rehearsals because if I don't get that sleep after I take those kids to school, I'm terrified of what's going to happen to me. What's keeping me at the functional level I'm at now, which is about, oh, it's probably at least 30 to 40% below what it normally should be. But what's keeping me there is that extra time to sleep when the kids are at school. Without that, I, I, I might start eating the drywall. I don't know what I'll do. So it's affecting my ability to... involved in things I want to be involved in that feed my soul and to enjoy them and and get the benefit out of them because all I can think about is when's the next time I get to sleep that is what I think about from the moment I wake up in the morning the moment my fit heat my fit heat the floor the moment my feet hit the floor all through the day all I'm thinking about when is the next time I can lay down when can I go to back to sleep? Wow, my eyes are burning. Wow, I'd really like to close them right now. When do I get to go to sleep? It's three hours until I can go to sleep. It's two and a half hours until I can go to sleep. It's an hour and a half until I can go to sleep. That's my day. And I'm pissed off about it because if it doesn't improve, I don't know what else I'm going to have to change. But I don't know how to improve it I don't know how to get Henry to stop waking me up. I don't know how to get the restorative sleep I need and still care for my son the way he needs to be cared for. So that's a little bit about me and where I am right now. Hopefully next week I'll get back to talking about special needs instead of all about Christy and her crazy-ass mind. (sighs) Oh, But that's it for today. And now, I have a short, I didn't sign up for this story. Because Henry is, I don't know if my mood, my functionality is affecting him, but he's been a little stinker lately. He's just being a nasty little bugger and it's causing me some trouble. Just this morning, As he dragged me out of bed at, what was it, 5.30? This was wake up number two. At 5.30 this morning to feed him some yogurt. And so I'm feeding him. And I don't know what he's... He likes to hit me while he eats. He'll sit there. I sit to his right at the head of the table. He sits to my left, right around the corner of the table. So my left arm is next to his right arm. And he likes to take... His right arm and pound my left arm right in the middle of my forearm He likes to do that he likes to pound it and hit me or pound the book He's looking at or pound the table. He likes to pound so he's doing that and then he's flailing his arms around my face I don't like that. Don't touch my face. Don't don't do that. It I I I Don't know I'm. you're gonna hurt me. Stop it so I'm trying to avoid his uh, flailing arms. He pokes me directly in the eyeball. Eyeball, eyeball. And then I'm like, dude, what? You, stop it. You're hurting me. Stop it. So what he proceeds to do is take the table and start pulling and pushing it back and forth, back and forth, where my bowl of cereal <laughs> spills all over the table because the table is dancing. I yell at him for that. And he gets up from his chair, takes his chair, and starts slamming it into my left knee, which is my really bad knee, by the way. I have bad arthritis in that knee. I've had meniscus surgery in that knee. I have no cartilage left in that knee. So I just was like, hey, dude, that's it. We're done. We're not eating anymore. Why are you being a jerk to me? This was a terrible story. This was not at all worth and I didn't sign up for this but I can't think of anything else and you know I'm tired really tired so I'm just going to post this episode and I hope I haven't freaked the hell out of everybody just know I'm 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 doing my thing I'm going to get it done I'm going to fix this somehow and next week we will talk about something a little more interesting I hope you have a fantastic week thank you for tuning in to episode 8 don't forget, go check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash idsuftpodcast check out the Facebook group right from that page check us out on Instagram, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, go to iTunes 5 star review why not I'm worth 5 stars (laughs) <laughs> it, rate and review rate and review follow us wherever you can follow us send me an email christy at I-D-S-U-F-T Podcast. thanks so much we'll talk to you next week